Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to get back to my roots. We're going to be talking about marketing today. But the fun thing is I already know I'm going to be learning stuff from my guests. And so I can't wait to be delving into this. So please join me in welcoming Eric Jensen to our program today. Welcome, Eric. How are you doing today? Thank you very much, Deb. I am doing awesome. Thank you for asking. I'm excited to be here. I love it. I love it. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. Okay. So Eric Jensen is the co-owner of Predictive ROI, a seven-figure marketing agency helping businesses monetize their position of authority. I love that. We're really going to learn more about just that initial statement. Mm. A business owner since age 14, Eric began his entrepreneurial journey via a national juggling business that took him and his brother around the country. Now the chief strategy officer at Predictive ROI, Eric developed the podcasting strategy that made the agency over, get this folks, $2 million, which was featured in the book, profitable podcasting. Holy schmoly, we really are going to have a lot to talk about. So again, Eric, welcome. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, it's always fun to be able to, to kind of talk through these things and, mm-hmm. and hopefully it's going to be really useful for your listeners so that they can take the pieces and elements uh, that are appropriate for their journey and, and adopt them. Right. I love that. I love it. You know, and, and I think that's one of the things that, and I'm going to have to, you talk about your background in a little bit, but one of the things that people get so caught up in is the, I have to do what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And they forget that there's bits and pieces that they should be pulling from it. So you know, right. I loved reading your bio because I, I always like knowing how my guests got to where they are today. And I don't think I've ever had a national juggler on the program before. Um, <laughs> we're, so, we're a little bit rare, so yeah, I can yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, I didn't even know there was such a thing. So tell us more about how it is that you really did get to where you are today and discovered that this truly is your passion in life. Yeah. So, um, you know, as you mentioned in my bio, my, my brother and I, uh, we started uh, businesses fairly early on, mm-hmm. uh, even as even as early as seven years old, we were we were out and figuring out how to, you know, go around campgrounds and haul mm-hmm. wood and water for people for $5 a pop and ah. uh, things along those lines. Um, and, and, you know, juggling ended up being one of those things that we both really enjoyed and we actually did really well, paid my mm-hmm. way through college with it, everything along <laughs> those lines. Um, yeah. How do you so, get paid to juggle? Is it kind of like a magician's act? You go, and uh, yeah, them? so it, okay. it was an act. You got okay. it right. And so we were, we were paid to come into the, the events, whether those were, uh, you know, historical events, mm-hmm. colleges, corporate things, et cetera. Um, and if they were festivals, then we would also do, uh, we would do tips and, and okay. things along those lines as well. But uh, we really, we, and for, for anybody that enjoys performance or has done performance, it's a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anybody that that sounds, you know, getting up in front of people sounds horrible, then it's definitely not, right. uh, not mm-hmm. a no. hobby or career yeah. for you. <laughs> um, but, but it was a lot of fun while we did it. And we got to travel all over the place doing it, meet all sorts of interesting folks, get all sorts of interesting stories. Right. Um, but while I was in college uh, is when I met my, uh, my business partner, Stephen. And he and I got to work together on a couple of projects. One mm-hmm. of them was for a nonprofit. Another mm-hmm. one of them was uh, for a startup competition at Duke University. Mm-hmm. And, and I really uh, was super, super impressed mm-hmm. uh, with my time that I spent with, mm-hmm. with Stephen. Uh, he was working at the Small Business Development mm-hmm. Center at that time. Uh, and I was a non-traditional student. And we really, we hit it off. Uh, and when he had stepped out to start Predictive, um, he asked me if I would uh, if I would take part in it as well. Um, and if anybody else had asked me, I would have said no. Uh-huh. but but I, like I said, 
he, he really impressed me and mm-hmm. continues to impress me every day uh, mm-hmm. with the sort of person that he is uh, and the integrity he has around the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started that and Predictive was initially uh, an SEO company. Mm-hmm. And we helped a lot of com- uh, we helped a lot of companies do that work. But what we found was it was very difficult to optimize air for anybody that has done any SEO work. <laughs> if you don't have content, right? Um, You're you like, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So, so you know, you look at your own work. You said you've done over seven hundred episodes, right? right. Um, that's that's a big body of work. There's a lot that you can actually optimize there. Um, but the vast majority of organizations and companies don't have that. Mm-hmm. They really struggle with the content right. creation side. Mm-hmm. And so um, predictive shifted a couple of different times over the years as we narrowed in really on our uh, our niche. Mm-hmm. And and you know, now what we really do, we we help agencies, coaches, and consultants build a position of thought leadership mm-hmm. and then monetize it. I love and it. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, what I, you know, so clearly early on, you figured out how to be marketing yourself. Um, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't have been very successful, you know, with your national juggling career if you weren't. And, it, you know, it's, it, it really was about getting the message out to the right people. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that, you know, I was looking through your website, which is predictive ROI, pretty easy to remember.com. And one of the things that you have on there is Figuring out who your avatar is. And people immediately go, oh, I don't know what that means. And it really is, who are you marketing to? Yep. So, you know, let's, and, and you, I'm sure you hear this and I hear this and I alternate between cringing and giggling when somebody says this, when I say, so Eric, tell me who your target audience is. And you smile at me and you say, everyone. <laughs> and you yep. know, because I mean that is our first inclination, right? We want to sell our product or our service to as many people as we can, right? You know, we you know, but the problem is not everyone really is our market. And so let's kind of walk through this process of figuring out because we can't sell anything to anybody, whether you know, and, and we can't and and we have to know who that avatar is before we can write our content. I mean, all of those things. So I think, I think, you know, this is kind of one of the first things we need to figure out. So talk to us about how we figure out who we really should be marketing to. You bet. So uh, niche and avatar, you're right. It is the base uh, for a lot of, of really important business decisions. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that figured out, uh, everything that you do from a business growth perspective is going to be less targeted and it's mm-hmm. going to be slower. Mm-hmm. Um, the more niche down you are, the more targeted you are towards your avatar, the faster and more profitable mm-hmm. your business is likely to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a universal truth across the way. Uh, there are two reasons why people want to do everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. One is cash flow. They mm-hmm. they just they want to sell to whoever will right. like in the chat. And it, and it does. It makes sense. It's like you know, if I sell as to as many right. people as I possibly can. I will make money. Right. Uh, or at least in theory, that's the right. way that it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then the other thing is most business owners that I know truly want to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they, lo- they right. love being able to help mm-hmm. people and they love figuring things out. Mm-hmm. So if you come across and it's like, well, I don't have any experience with your industry. I don't have any experience with your type of audience. Mm-hmm. I don't have any experience with, with your type of business, but I bet I can figure it out. And you have a problem and it'll feel good to be able to help you solve right. it. Right. So there's, there's good intentions behind all of it. Um, but the reality is if you're, if you're aiming to solve problems for everybody, mm-hmm. one, you're not going to be able to, Right. two, you're going to be very inefficient at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like anything else. The more often you do it, the mm-hmm. better you're going to be at it mm-hmm. and the more efficient you're going to be at it, which means the more profitable you're going to mm-hmm. be at it and the better results you're going right. to get from the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you spread yourself too thin, then you're not going to get any results that actually matter. Um, and you're going to have a very difficult time writing the case studies and the examples and having the stories mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to need when you really turn right. it down. So with niche, uh, there's a couple of different ways that people go about it. Um, one is the very technical side, mm-hmm. and that is to do your market research mm-hmm. and do SWOT analysis and mm-hmm. you know look at, look at market saturation and do a competitive analysis and right. all those things. And Everybody's eyes just crossed, right? Right. And then I totally get that. Um, one, if you don't know what those things are and you have not done those, mm-hmm. actually do them, right? And, and right. Mm-hmm. like take take the time to do those mm-hmm. things. They're good to do. Mm-hmm. 
However, what they do is they give you data. They don't right. give you an answer. Mm -hmm. um, unless you're very, very uh, skilled at being able to decipher what that data really mm -hmm. means, you're going to look at it and go, and if you're like most business owners, you're going to go, there's two dozen ways I could make money off of this right. data. Like uh -huh. I could go here, I could go here, I could mm -hmm. go here. And then back to the eye cross. And then you're mm -hmm. back to, I'm going to try to do all of it, in which case I'm not doing mm -hmm. any of it well. Um, so there are a couple things I would encourage you to ask yourself. And mm -hmm. the first one is, what is your superpower? Right. Like what sort of problem mm -hmm. walks through the door mm -hmm. and you almost like want to rub your hands together. Right. Right. Cause you're like, almost oh. wrong to take their money because you're going to have so much fun. Right. Well, and you know, you're going to be able to just knock it out of the park. Like, Oh, we've done this so many times. I know exactly what to do. I know it's, it's going to be amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. So one identify what you're really, really good at. Right. Okay. So that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second thing that I would really encourage is what do you actually make money doing? Mm -hmm. Right. So that might require a hard look at your books. Mm -hmm. look and at and it might be a little different than what really gets your juices going too, right? It very well might, mm -hmm. right? But that's, that's at least a decision that you have to make. And it's mm -hmm. okay if you make the decision and say, I'm choosing to go down a path that is less profitable mm -hmm. because I really enjoy the work. Mm -hmm. Um, or you might go, you know what, I'm going to go down the path that's profitable mm -hmm. and I can find the right team members right. to be able to do the work that I mm -hmm. don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll go off and do whatever it is I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, and then I would, I would also look at the sorts of, of folks that you really enjoy working alongside. Mm -hmm. We kind of talked about that a little bit, but I would make a conscious effort of which sort of clients do you enjoy. Right. Um, and then this is a big one. Uh, and this is one that a lot of people don't do is when a new client walks in the door, ask yourself, could you do a case study off of this client? Ah, mm -hmm. Because if you can't, mm -hmm. then it's probably not the right fit. You're either concerned you can't get the results. Mm -hmm. They're not focused on the industry that you really want to serve. They're not like the other sorts of clients that you want to capture, mm -hmm. right? Would you, would, could you meaningfully make a case study off of this? And would that case study be useful mm -hmm. to your audience, right? right? And so all of that kind of helps narrow down your niche. But with, when, with your niche, you've got multiple levels of how you can do it. Mm -hmm. So the first uh, and most common niche is industry. I help people in healthcare. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And th that's great. That's, mm -hmm. that's one level of niche. Well, that's pretty well, broad. It, it is pretty broad, but for many companies, it's already narrower than where they are. Right. Okay. Um, so at least having, let's say, industry is good. <clears throat> but you can also narrow by audience. Mm -hmm. Right. I am really good at knowing what moms mm. want, how they think, how they act, where they mm -hmm. spend their time, how they talk. We're really good at that audience. Right. Okay. Awesome. So that's another filter that you could add. Mm -hmm. So imagine we do healthcare that's mm -hmm. focused on messaging to moms. Right. Ooh, now that's a whole lot more narrow. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that you can do as far as a niche is you can focus on the problem that you solve. Personally, this is one of my favorite ones mm -hmm. is the problem that you solve. Um, just because if you're not solving a problem, then it's definitely not the right market for you to begin with. Right. Uh, it's aspirational uh, up until that point. Mm -hmm. But if it's, if we solve the problem of, let's say analytics. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now you could say we solve the problem of analytics for healthcare companies mm -hmm. focused on targeting and messaging to moms. Right. So each level of those, you could mm -hmm. do them individually. You could mm -hmm. combine two of them. You could combine all three, but the more of them that you have in place, mm -hmm. the more targeted your niche mm -hmm. is going to be. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and of course people just went, okay, so I went from hundreds of thousands to a thousand. Mm. And, and so they're, they're immediately the panic thinking, starts. Right. Yeah. Because, oh my gosh, I just cut down my potential income. Right. Well, but the, the key is when you get that focused, then you can charge a premium price. You can. And, you know, and, and, and I think that's the thing that, that people forget is maybe I, you know, lawyers would probably be a great example of this. You know, you've got the lawyers that can do anything and everything and they charge maybe $50 an hour. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's great. You've got the lawyers who are the copyright specific, you know, whatever, and they charge four or five hundred dollars an hour. Right. And and that's the key, you know. So they're not trying to be that every person to everyone. They know exactly who they want to sell to. Are they going to sell fewer 
hours service, I guess it would be. Yes, but they're selling to that exact right market. Right. Oftentimes the sales process is actually a lot faster and a lot right. easier. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there are a couple of reasons why people, and I want to respect anybody and I, I want whoever is listening to this to hear this. Mm-hmm. Niching down is terrifying. It's, and it's hard. Oh my gosh. Right. Mm-hmm. It is one of the scariest things that you can do as a business owner mm-hmm. because you feel like you're throwing away potential money. Right. So I, for those that are thinking about making this transition, I want to, I want you to consider, um, kind of a mental framework. Mm -hmm. What we're, what you're doing when you niche down, what we're talking about right now Mm -hmm. is who you are fishing for. Ah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not who swims into your net. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Are, are other types of clients going to continue to swim into your net by happenstance? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they are. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's how most businesses run right, right now. And, it, and it's it. okay to sell to them. <laughs> right. As long as you can do good work and it can right. be profitable and all that. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what a lot of referral stuff is from too. It's like, well, I, I don't know if you can do work for this person, but they're a friend and they said they needed help and here you right. go. Right. Mm-hmm. So all that's going to continue to flow into your net. Mm-hmm. None of that changes. What we're talking about is what's the business that you want to build? What mm-hmm. are the types of clients you want to right. attract? Well, if you're fishing, you have to fish in the right pond mm-hmm. at the right time of day. Mm-hmm. You have to have the right bait. Mm-hmm. You have to be fishing at the right depth. Mm-hmm. You have to actually plan for it. You can't just hope mm-hmm. that something is going to work. Right. Okay. So what we're not, what I'm not saying is blow up your business, mm-hmm. fire all your clients and, and move forward and mm-hmm. go, well, now I'm niche down, but I'm out of mm-hmm. business. Yeah. I, so, I can't pay my bills anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. What I'm saying is be intentional. Mm-hmm about who you want to aim for right. the clients moving forward mm-hmm. and over time transition your business into a much more narrow niche mm-hmm. down and profitable right. uh, position than what you currently are as a mm-hmm. generalist. Right. You know, and as, as you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, and, and you mentioned this, that time and knowledge really is, is the, the key to this. And, and I don't know why it popped into my head, but I was thinking about an auto mechanic. Well, you know, they hang out their shingle and they say, we fix all cars. Well, you know, a Ford is very different than, say, a Mercedes Benz. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and, you know, that's you you, you might. I mean, and yes, you can change the tires. You can probably change the oil. I mean, some of the, the, the basics. But when you have to stop and learn how to do that, and even if they're, you know, maybe you've got, say, Lamborghinis and Mercedes Benz. You know, they're still very different cars. And when you have to stop and spend time learning how to work with that other car, you could have been working on your other cars. I mean, you know, and and, and I think that's the, the thing for folks to remember is the time you spend learning how to expand your knowledge might not be the best use of your time. And you've got to have parts for all those different sorts of vehicles and you've got to have manuals for each of those. And you have to have people trained for each of those. Every time you you step outside of a niche, you complicate your business, mm-hmm. which is great when you've reached a certain size. Right. Um, but when you're still in the growth phase, when you're mm-hmm. still in the, in the, you know, <laughs> I, I really want to make it to being able to have, you know, mm-hmm. 15 or 20 employees or right. 15 employees, mm-hmm. narrow is really your friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, and, and it does, it just, it simplifies things. And, and it comes back to what we were initially saying. It simplifies your content. You know, let's, let's go back to, you know, the, the, the auto you know mechanic, if he's say writing an article on, you know, how, you know, the importance of changing your oil, you know, if he's just writing it for anybody and everybody, then nobody sees themselves in that place. Right. You know, and, and, and so nobody comes to him because they're like, well, I have a this or I have a that, and I'm not sure he can take care of that. So I'm just going to go to somebody who I know does. And that, that right there is key mm-hmm. for anybody that, that is listening. So what Deb said is super, super important here. By having general content, mm-hmm. you've allowed doubt mm-hmm. into the minds of your potential consumer right. mm-hmm. on if you're the right fit. Mm-hmm. Doubt is the reason that sales do not happen or slow down. Mm -hmm. Your job is to remove as much doubt as possible through your content, 
your positioning, your niche, um, you know, your services, your products, et cetera, right. as possible. Mm -hmm. So that way, when someone comes through and is exposed to your content, mm -hmm. they're able to go, I'm in the right place. Mm -hmm. You've removed doubt right. because if you haven't, I'm moving on. You know, because I'm not going to spend my time researching you more to see if you can do what I want you to do. I'm just going to go to the next person. Right. Exactly. Right. So removing doubt is is key uh, with with all of the work that you do as a company from a sales side. Right. You know, it's it's funny. I've I've shared this on the the program before. I was in a networking group, and you know, you stand up, you give your little thirty second spiel, and this this very lovely person stood and said, "She sells skincare products." Great. Hmm. She sells to everyone because, hello, we all have skin, right? Yes. And, you know, and, and it's, it kind of made sense. And there's actually one of the big name uh, companies right now doing that. You know, we, we, our, our product is for everyone. But the problem was when we had to think about it as a referral. So when, you know, because, yeah, we all knew somebody who had skin, but, then, yes. then what do we do, right? Uh -huh. And so we worked with her and she got it down to, she sold skincare products for 16-year-old boys with acne. Now that is a really small niche. But I tell you what, every single one of us knew somebody who, who had a 16-year-old kid. There, that's and, it. You know, and, and that was the thing. You know, and, and yes, could she uh -huh. sell the skincare product to anybody? Yes. But when, and so when we, as people referring to her went, oh my gosh, I know. Now we might've said, okay, I know a 20 year old girl. I mean, you know, we, we kind of expanded on that a bit, but when she got it down to 16 year old boys with acne, we all went, wait, here's, here's my thing. We knew who to refer to. And, you know, and, and, and when her marketing materials reflected that, I mean, it just, it, and, and her business really took off and, and you're right. In some ways it's counterintuitive, you know, because we just eliminated the whole rest of the world's population. That wasn't a 16 year old boy with acne, but there are a whole heck of a lot of 16 year old boys with acne that needed her product. And they're making more every day. Right. So it, it's, it's one of those that again, hit on a really, really insightful piece here. Um, and, and for listeners, Many, many businesses mm -hmm. do get a significant portion of their business from referrals. Mm -hmm. Okay. So once again, when we're, when we go back to what we said before about removing doubt, mm -hmm. okay, what happens is everybody is going to assign you a name, whether you like it or not, right. they're going to say, Eric oh, the you're the X business, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it's going to happen whether you're mm -hmm. intentional about it or not. Mm -hmm. All right. Your, your clients, the people that know you, mm -hmm. potential prospects, they're all describing you. The question is, are they describing you in the way that you want to be described by being so narrow, mm -hmm. right? That, that business owner is now anybody that refers is going to go like, Oh, you're the lady that has the skincare for 16 year old boys with acne. Right. Like mm -hmm. now for me as a referrer, mm -hmm. I have no more doubt mm -hmm. I'm actually more confident in being able to go, oh, you got to talk to this person because they solve exactly the problem that you have. Right, right. That makes me feel better as a referrer, mm -hmm. whether or not I'm even giving, getting a piece of that yeah. referral. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm clear. There is no doubt. And the person I'm referring to is going to go, wait, that's literally what they do? And you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's literally what they mm -hmm. do. You yeah. can go talk to them and they're going to go, thank you. You solved my problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. All because of clarity. Mm -hmm. Right. So Flint McLaughlin has a great quote. Uh, it is tr uh, clarity trumps persuasion mm -hmm. for any of you that are trying to sell with really persuasive headlines mm -hmm. and all those other sorts of things. Great. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're muddying the waters as far as clarity, or you haven't taken the step to clarify mm -hmm. who it is you serve, how it is you serve them and why they should care. Mm -hmm. Do that. You're going to right. be amazed at the impact mm -hmm. that that has uh, on your overall mm -hmm. uh, sales pipeline. Right. You know, and we also need to get away from the gimmicky, the fun, you know, all of those things. I always think about the Super Bowl commercials where you look at it and you go, wow, that was really cool. I have no idea who they were, what they were selling, but they were herding cats, <laughs> right? Yes. The, the herding cats is the one that I always come back. And I actually know who it was, but, but yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, that was a really cool commercial. Now, 
you know, when you see the big horses, you know, Budweiser, I mean, you know, they, that is their brand. So, you know, but, but so many times, and especially when you're on, you know, when you're really trying to catch someone's attention, whether it's the, you know, international stage of the Super Bowl or, you know, your next marketing meeting, we, we try to get cute and we try to get funny and we, you know, and, and all of those things. And it's back to exactly what you were saying, clarity. You know, if, if somebody walks away and goes, that was cute, but you've lost. Right. Or that was awesome. Who was that again? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. Or this was really fun. Uh, I, I really like that commercial. Mm-hmm. What were they selling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yes, right. uh, me- me- medicine commercials struggle with that all the time. <laughs> I know. I know. You know and, and, and they advertise a lot, right? And, and, yeah. and I'm always going, and because I get caught up in the, it could cause you to die and don't take this if you're allergic to it. I mean, you know, and, and which they have to say, you know, and, and, but yeah, right. I'm always thinking, but what was it for? <laughs> you know? Yep. And, and another thing that muddies the clarity of your messaging is oftentimes the cliches. Right. Um, so there's a, a really sharp fellow. His name is Nick Natarella. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he helps companies with their messaging, uh, particularly around radio advertising mm. Uh, and audio. And he's mm-hmm. super good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but he always talks about the the list of cliches mm. um, that are like friendly service. We treat mm-hmm. you like family. Right. Uh, I always love clean cleaning. restrooms. I'm like, really? Are they not clean? <laughs> right. So, so what it is, is you're muddying the waters of, of what it is that you truly serve mm-hmm. by focusing on the table stakes. Mm-hmm. Like if your bathrooms aren't clean, why would I go there to begin with? Right. Like I expect them to be, mm-hmm. or, you know, things along those lines. Like mm-hmm. I expect there to be parking. I right. expect your staff to not treat me like crap. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I expect some of these mm-hmm. things and for you to really stress them just makes you sound like everybody else. You're not actually. And it makes me wonder, them. is there a problem? Uh, right. Were they, you know, did you not have parking? I mean, <laughs> so, so it is good. So that's another thing that kind of, muddies the waters when you're thinking about your clarity and your niche is the more niche down you are, the more you understand about the problems that really matter to them. Mm-hmm. And then you can be more clear about solving those exact needs mm-hmm. rather than filling it with fluff, which right. ultimately degrades mm-hmm. the clarity of that messaging. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so we're, we know who we're selling to or hoping to, mm-hmm. and, and we know what we're doing, but then what the heck do we do? We, you know, we've got this content Yes. And and I think this is something and and you know, I'm I'm raising my virtual hand here and and saying this too. You know, we might have mailing lists. We might know we're supposed to do we not you know, we might have Facebook pages. It's funny. I got one of my Facebook pages in trouble the other day. Um and so I know we're going to have that Facebook page. I'm like, "Oh, dear." Um but you know, we have content content what the heck do we do with it? And I think that is probably one of the things that people struggle with the most is we know we should be sending emails. We know we should be, you know, p- posting on LinkedIn. Uh, but I'm busy. I have all these. I have to be running my business. I have to be doing those things. Yeah. So, you know, let's let's talk about that for people who struggle with even getting their messaging out there. Got it. Uh, well, so this is this is fun for me. Um, leveraging content is one of the things that I nerd out on. Um, that's one of the things that predictive, uh, really doubles down mm-hmm. on and helping our clients do. So I got lots of examples from the trenches that I can, right. I can uh-huh. hopefully, uh, provide for mm-hmm. folks. So leveraging content comes in kind of two pieces. Mm-hmm. One is the creation of the content and the other one is the distribution of the right. content. And there are, there are different pieces that are needed to be solved for mm-hmm. each one of those. Okay. Um, but the first thing that is a universal truth for either of them is mm-hmm. you need to have a process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the reason a process is important mm-hmm. is because you don't have to figure out things again and again each time. Right. You're not reinventing the wheel. Again, it gets back to that learning curve that we talked about before. You become more efficient, you become better at it. Mm-hmm. The second thing about a process is a process can be handed off to others. Mm. Mm-hmm. If it is not a process, it can't be handed off to anybody because right. how do you have them do it? Yeah, they how do you tell do them it. what to do if you can't? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then they have to reinvent the wheel every time, in which case it's going to come back to the original person, usually the owner, to then review. Mm-hmm. So then 
the owner, once again, Mm -hmm. becomes the roadblock in that process of content creation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's, let's talk about content creation uh, in particular, and then we'll go into distribution. Mm -hmm. So content creation, uh, we believe that there are two important aspects uh, for you to create from Mm -hmm. content. One we call cornerstone content. The other we call cobblestones. Mm -hmm. Cornerstone content has three specific attributes. Mm -hmm. It is regular meaning it is going out on a regular basis. Your podcast is an example of this. And by the way, podcasts are an example of cornerstone content. We use it that way ourselves. Okay. So cornerstone content is regular. Mm -hmm. By default, it should also be niche down and focused on your audience. And you can't, you shouldn't be able to lift it from your, uh, you know, your podcast, put it on someone else's podcast and no one would notice. Like it's, it's gotta be truly unique to you. Uh, that cornerstone content. So regular, it has to be meaty. You have to have something significant there to be able to slice and dice later. Mm -hmm. And it can't be a one trick pony. So a one trick pony means it doesn't live just one place. Let's take that Facebook page example that you unfortunately are now dealing with. Let's imagine your entire community was there. Mm -hmm. Let's imagine you had written all sorts of content that only lived there. I'm in big trouble. Big trouble. Mm -hmm right? You built your, you built your business to only live in one place. You built your content to only live in one place. Now let's take your podcast as an example. Mm-hmm. Instead, let's say iTunes goes, we're done. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not, we're not doing podcasts anymore. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. your, your podcast lives on your website. Your podcast. It's on all of those other platforms. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So it's everywhere. Right. right. Um, I'd so be bummed because platform. most of my, my listeners come from iTunes, but they'll go yeah. someplace else. Then mm-hmm. if iTunes stops doing podcasts, right. then I say, Hey, let's go to Spotify, Spreaker, you know, all of right. those. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get into the distribution because that'll tie into that as well. The one trick pony. So that's cornerstone content, regular meaty, not a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. Cobblestones are what you make from the cornerstone content. They're the slicing and the, the dicing. They're the little pieces. So when you're creating cornerstone content, you want to have a plan for how you produce it. Mm -hmm. So that way you're already thinking about, again, because we're talking process, you're already thinking about all the different ways that you're going to use it. Mm -hmm. So again, we'll use this podcast as an example because it's easy for everyone to understand. Uh, We'll use an, I'll use an example for emails later, Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll just use podcast right now. Mm -hmm. This podcast, there's a specific thing that you're looking for out of each one of these episodes, you have a topic that you're kind of aiming for. Mm -hmm. And that's great. But let's say you said intentionally, I'm actually going to structure my podcast so that I get three distinct chunks out of it every time. Okay. Chunk number one, Mm -hmm. I use for writing a blog. Mm -hmm. Chunk number two, I use for writing an email. Mm -hmm. Chunk number three, I use for all of my social posts. Mm -hmm. So what would that actually look like? Mm -hmm. Well, chunk number one then needs to be about, if it's a blog post, it needs to be about actionable stuff. Right. Right. Needs to have enough theory that someone can get engaged, but it needs to actually be able to show them how to do Mm -hmm. it. Right. This mix of strategy and tactics. Mm -hmm. So that's what you would aim to get out of it. Now, the second chunk, which we're going to say gets transformed into the email. Mm-hmm. Well, in the email, you need some really catchy things, mm-hmm. right? You need some stuff that makes people go like, ooh, this is all about pain point, mm-hmm. or this is about specific issues that I might be dealing with. And so you might like drill into a couple of these. And now part number one and part number two might merge really well together, mm-hmm. right? But again, you've got a purpose for that. Part right. number three might be all about getting great uh, golden nuggets, as we mm-hmm. call them, mm-hmm. or inspirational quotes. Mm-hmm or controversial statements, Mm -hmm. um, or little video clips that are going to be useful on social media. Mm -hmm. At the end of that conversation, what if you were to take 30 seconds, 30 seconds, and just you talk about what the greatest highlights were from this episode Mm -hmm. and say, this is why someone should listen. This is Mm -hmm. why it's really important. This is who it's important for. Mm -hmm. 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Now let's imagine all of that then being transcribed or not, doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Hand it off to someone else who's a writer. Mm -hmm. You know where to look for each piece Mm -hmm. and that 30 seconds at the end, Mm -hmm. not only can that turn into a social media post that can actually go at the beginning of your episode before your intro Mm -hmm. that acts as a guide for your writers Mm -hmm. to know exactly what are the most important pieces to come out of it. Mm -hmm. 
Now, what are the chances of your writers and your team being able to nail all that stuff down? Well, you've got your process. So you, you just really made it pretty easy for everybody to do. Right. And so now let's, and, and, and I'm just going to talk to some, somebody's listening. I know and they're going like, I don't have a team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. It's me. It's, it's just me. Mm-hmm. Even for you. Mm-hmm. Now, you know where to go for right. each one of these assets. Mm-hmm. You can literally transcribe mm-hmm. those pieces, tweak them a little bit. Right. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so having a process is really important. Mm-hmm. Another thing you can do is look at all the emails that you write on a regular basis, mm-hmm. helping clients, mm-hmm. giving them step-by-step guides, giving them strategy overviews, mm-hmm. helping frequently them. Frequently asked questions. Frequently asked questions, right? What if you were to take all of the emails that you did that over the last year and compile them? Mm. That's a you pretty good. You probably have two years worth of blog posts written. Right, right. An ebook or two. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, you've got a ton of content. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for all of that stuff, again, you don't try to transform it into mm-hmm. things that it's not. You take that and you go, awesome. What are the two or three elements out of this that I can take? And I can just mm-hmm. massage slightly and turn into social media posts. Mm-hmm. What are things that I can massage slightly and turn into emails? Mm-hmm. And so by having this rhythm, this process that goes through, it's all the better. Right. Processes right. also have times, so you know, it's going to get done in a certain pattern. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that, that's if we, it's really easy for us to put stuff off. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that next week. And then it doesn't get done. Which is why cornerstone content has to be regular. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not regular, that's Mm -hmm. exactly what's going to happen. Right. And you can automate some of that. I mean, you know, that is one of, that is part of this process Mm -hmm. is, you know, somebody signs up for your, I signed up for something on your website today. Bam. I got an email. You know, right. and, and and it said, you know, please confirm that this is a good email. I confirmed and then took, I got the content I requested. Right. There was not some little person, I'm assuming, sitting somewhere going typey, 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 typey. No. Um, you know, you automated that and it was taken care of within 10 seconds. I mean, you know, but if you needed a little person to go typey, 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 I'd still be sitting here going, am I going to get the stuff or not? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and again, even for that content that you, you got, I'll just tell you right now, you're going to be getting other stuff afterwards. Right. And it all did of it is, say, yep. It, yep. It, you know, it followed the rules. It said I would be getting future content. Mm-hmm. Right. And all of it is aimed to be helpful for mm-hmm. anybody that is in our niche. Right. Agencies, coaches, and consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really about like, oh, have you thought about this? Have you done this? Have you implemented mm-hmm. these things? Here's how. Right. Mm-hmm. If you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, so yeah, all, all that stuff is, is examples of, mm-hmm. again, th- that's automated content, all those, but you're right. The process is for transforming uh, cornerstone <laughs> content. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's all taken care of, right. When you have the right process and, right. and even if you're doing it yourself, mm-hmm. you can schedule it, you can make mm-hmm. sure that it gets done, or right. you can find freelancers who can do just the pieces that really you're like, Ugh, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe they do the first rough draft and all you've got to do is go through and modify right. it. But if it gets done, fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. So then comes distribution. So distribution. Yeah, what, do I, what do I do with this all stuff that I've got? Right. So if you've gotten over the hurdle of actually creating it on a regular basis, mm-hmm. the distribution becomes a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. Distribution is usually hard because I don't have anything to do. Right. Mm-hmm. What am right. I sending out? Mm-hmm. Right. And when am I sending it out? Mm-hmm. What am I sending out? How does this tie back to my other stuff? Well, if you had cornerstone content and you made all these cobblestones, all the cobblestones, guess what do they tie back to? The cornerstone content. Because right. they were made from the cornerstone mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. There's no chance that they're not going to tie back to the cornerstone content. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know the purpose of all of this. You're not throwing spaghetti at the wall. Right. All you have to do is make sure that your cornerstone content, one piece, is good. Mm-hmm. And everything else is going to flow back to right. it. So if you know beforehand from a process, from, mm-hmm. from distribution, like I know that I want to be putting out two Facebook posts, one LinkedIn post, uh, a blog post, and three emails a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you just make sure that all that stuff is made. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you're doing it beforehand. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what you can do is you can schedule all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's so many scheduling tools out there, folks. You know, there is no excuse to say, "Uh, I don't want to sit down and do it on Thursday morning. No. I mean, I have posts that I sit down the first of every month 
and I do the entire, they're, they're little graphics and they have sayings on them, you know, all sorts of things. I schedule an entire month at a time. It takes me, I don't know, you know, once I figured out the process, 15, 20 minutes to do the right. whole month. And you're more efficient because you're doing it all at once. Yep. And I'm not having to go, oh my God, I forgot to post yesterday. Oh, <sighs> right. Well, are they going to notice if I post today? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and this is a good lit- litmus test, right? If, if you forget to put up content, does anybody reach out to you and say, Hey, where is the thing? Right. Yeah. Because if they don't. Mm-hmm. Was it really the right content? Mm-hmm. Right. Are you Did putting they miss you when you matter? were gone? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is good. Good to know. But, but again, by having all those things in place, you can set aside one hour, mm-hmm. one hour, really, truly. Right. Um, to schedule about a month worth of content mm-hmm. is, is fairly reasonable. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be that way at first. Right. Right. Okay, I get that, mm-hmm. but that's about what it's going to take you. Maybe an hour and a half, depending yeah. on how complicated. And, and you know, so you're sitting there watching TV on Sunday night. You do your whole week's worth, or you know, whatever. You know, you you it it once once you get that process down, it really is pretty easy. Yes. So leverage your cornerstone content via process mm-hmm. to get all of your cobblestones mm-hmm. done. And because your cobblestones are done and you already know what you're going to do, then mm-hmm. you can sit down and you can take care of it all at once and leverage mm-hmm. your time and your expertise mm-hmm. to not have to go refigure out those mm-hmm. tools. You can be like, oh, here's the process. Copy, right. paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Right. right? Set the tools, set the times, mm-hmm. publish. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then poof, um, you're done. You go to the movie, you, you create your next great masterpiece, you do whatever. And again, if you don't want to do this and you're like, oh, this sucks. Fine. Mm-hmm. Find somebody who does that stuff. Mm -hmm. And because it's a process Mm -hmm. and because all the stuff is done, Mm -hmm. you can hand it to them and they're going to be able to do it in an hour and a half. And it's not going to cost you thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. to get that process Mm -hmm. taken care of, to get those pieces taken care of because Mm -hmm. it's defined. Mm -hmm. You can always hand off things that are defined Mm -hmm. much more inexpensively Mm -hmm. than you can hand off things that are ill-defined. Right. Because ill-defined means you have to review it. You have to, yeah, you're spending your time to fix it. Or you have to find someone that is very high priced Mm -hmm. who knows how to deal with all of the ill-defined and Uh figure it out for themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're paying a premium for not having things planned. Right. And if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. But I would recommend go through the processes first. Right. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, it just, it, it, you know what to expect, all of those things. And, and you still may hire somebody that's high priced, depending on what you're doing. Um, you know, but yeah, it's, it does just simplify everything. Comes back to the car. You know, the, the auto mechanic knows you do this, 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 this. And if you skip any of those steps, the wheel's going to fall off when they drive away. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and missing steps gets a whole lot more common if mm-hmm. you are not uh, specific about right. what you do and you don't practice it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it becomes a habit. You know, it's, it's that thing. Oh, on every Tuesday I do X every, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just all of those things. Absolutely. Repetition. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So now Eric, one of the things that, that you work with people on is sponsorship of content. So talk to us more about that because this just really cool. intrigued me because I didn't even know what the heck you were talking about. Okay. So and we've only we got about? a couple minutes, so we got to wrap this up. I know. Oh my gosh. Time flew. <laughs> okay. So, so all of what we've talked about uh, so mm-hmm. far is niche down. So your content is targeted to the right people. Mm-hmm. How do you actually get the content produced mm-hmm. and how do you actually get the content out so that you're starting to actually build a following mm-hmm. around that you're building an audience around that content because it's for the right people and it's mm-hmm. regular and everything along those lines. It's mm-hmm. no longer your, your newsletter, your monthly newsletter that goes out twice a year, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a common thing that we see. Right. Um, so when you think about sponsorships, the first thing you want to think about is properties. Mm. So every business has properties. Mm-hmm. Your website is a property. Mm-hmm. Your email list is a property. This okay. podcast is a property. Mm-hmm. Your eBooks are a property. Mm-hmm. Any events that you do are properties. Mm-hmm. Webinars are properties. Mm-hmm. Video series are properties. Primary research is properties, mm-hmm. right? There's all sorts of properties. And the reason I'm listing them, even though that's probably sound really repetitive. Because um, you don't think of them as being a property. Right. Is because it's easy to skim mm-hmm. through those. Essentially, everything within your business ecosystem that has mm-hmm. an audience mm-hmm. is a property, a potential property. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you think about sponsorships, you're actually thinking about access to your audience through properties. Okay. 
you could have access to your audience through a single property. Mm-hmm. You could have access to your audience through a multitude of properties mm-hmm. all packaged together, mm-hmm. right? Um, what you want to do is you want to think about which properties you are comfortable with having a sponsor on. Mm. All right. Not every property is not, not every business wants to be a NASCAR driver. Right. Um, in that they've got the, the corporate stickers all mm-hmm. over the place on right. them. That doesn't work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead what they want to do is they want to define the exact properties that are going to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've niched down, like we've talked about, and you're putting out content on a regular mm-hmm. basis, now the fun begins. Mm-hmm. So um, if, if you've never heard of Pam Slim, you should absolutely go check out some of her stuff. One of the things that she talks about is peanut butter and jelly relationships. So peanut butter and jelly relationships are complementary and non-competitive. Mm-hmm. You as a business have a particular audience. Mm-hmm. You do not solve all of that audience's problems. Right. You can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are many other businesses and people that serve that exact same audience mm-hmm. in a non-competitive way. Mm-hmm. They want to reach that audience. Mm-hmm. If you have that audience, that's valuable to them. Right. The more they narrow it is, pay for it. The better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what you want to do is you want to look at that ecosystem, that audience ecosystem that revolves around your audience. Mm-hmm. And you want to identify some of those complementary and non-competitive industries or companies. Mm-hmm. Then you want to think about what is their average customer value. Mm-hmm. So if their average customer value is $5, mm-hmm. you have to have a massive audience. Right. For them to see a benefit and for you to see a benefit. Right. But let's just imagine that their average customer value is Mm $10,000 and you have 400 of the right audience. Right. That's pretty good. That's valuable. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden being able to put out a sponsorship Mm -hmm. for 20, Mm $30,000 is pretty reasonable. Right. Because you can say, look, you only need to sell two to three of this audience. Mm -hmm. They're exactly who you serve. Mm -hmm. You serve. They, they, are listening to this content on a regular basis or consuming this content on a regular basis. So I guarantee that you're going to be in front of Mm -hmm. them and I can help you position yourself for the exact needs that they have in front of this audience as part of the Mm -hmm. sponsorship, 20 or $30,000. Great. You made two to three sales. And after that, Mm -hmm. it's gravy. Right. You know, and, and people who just went, I still don't understand, you know, an attorney let's, let's, let's do this. Okay. So an attorney who specializes a divorce attorney. Mm Hmm partners with a financial planner who helps people who are di- divorced. Right. Seems Boom. like a great, Perfect little, example. great little marriage, right? <laughs> you know? And, and those are, again, that's kind of a big ticket type of thing, but or you know, so it, yeah, it's the non-compete, but works well together people. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. They serve a different purpose. Mm-hmm. They're trying to help people in different ways. Right. They need, they get asked all the time, like, do you know how to solve this problem? Mm-hmm. So for instance, let's, we'll just use ourselves as an example. We mm-hmm. work with agencies, coaches, and consultants. Great. We don't build websites. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not graphic designers. Nope. Mm-hmm. We don't, we, we, we don't create and sell CRMs. Mm-hmm. We utilize them. We help people set them up, but you know, it's not mm-hmm. like we own keep, we don't own, you know, constant contact right. or HubSpot or sharp mm-hmm. spring or whatever. Right. So all of those are relationships that are super valuable for us because it's actually helpful for us mm-hmm. to be able to go, Hey, right. You yeah. should go over here and talk to them because mm-hmm. they can solve this problem for mm-hmm. you. Right. Right. All aimed at that same target audience. And so as you develop your audience, just know the more targeted you are, mm-hmm. the more valuable that audience is to the specific people, the larger that sponsorship can be. Right. You don't have to have tens of thousands mm-hmm. of listeners mm-hmm. or viewers. You're not the NASCAR people. with you know, 900 stickers everywhere. Nope. Be very, very selective about who you're aiming for. Again, you're fishing. You're not mm-hmm. wondering who's going to swim into your net. Right. Um, and you can do all sorts mm-hmm. of cool stuff. And uh, I wish we had more time because we could get into Dream 25, I know. relationship so, building, and deciding. What we do is we just have you on again. That's okay. the easy well, way we to do, do that. this. We we have you on again, you know, and 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 we really are running out of time. And and I hate that. You know, this is why I set a timer because we could go on forever. Uh. So for people <laughs> who just went, oh my gosh, Eric, I think I. Th- 
how do they contact you to say, <laughs> yeah. we want to work with you and what are the exact services that you provide? Okay, awesome. Um, so the services that we provide uh, are basically three different tiers. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first tier is um, we offer what we call a ASM membership or authority sales machine membership. It's a, it's a membership area with all sorts of training, access to training, mm -hmm. access to coaching. Um, they can have as many calls with me as they want, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, uh, the second tier is what we call sprint. It's 90 days of concentrated coaching to get someone where they need to be. Mm -hmm. And the third level is what we call turnkey. And that's done for you, right? Perfect. We actually come in and we make the systems work mm -hmm. for you, put everything in place, mm -hmm. get the software set up, you name it. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, there's two, the, be the best two ways to, to start to understand a little bit more about what we do and really kind of touch base with us. Mm -hmm. My favorite is we have a weekly QA. It's free. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, you just sign up, you show up and you get to be around a community of awesome people. And we teach for 10 minutes to mm -hmm. 20 minutes, probably more like 20 minutes each time. Cause I, I sometimes uh, go a little bit long. Uh, but anyway, so we do that. And then, um, from there, um, and you can find that at predictive forward slash Q a perfect. That, so it's really easy. Um, and otherwise you can also check out a copy of our, our book and mm -hmm. it, it's free. And when we say free, we really mean free. It's not right. like, and we'll put the link to that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's just predictive forward slash free dash book. Mm -hmm. And if you want to understand authority marketing and how to start to get this, this niche under control mm -hmm. and how to aim for, for getting it down, mm -hmm. how to think about your cornerstone content, uh, the book covers all of it. So, and Perfect. we actually now have a Kindle version so you can get pretty much instant access. I love so it. I love it. Yep. Well, oh my gosh, Eric, we really will have you on again because this has been so great and, and we have just scratched the surface. So I can't wait to do that. But until then, do you have any final thoughts for everyone? Oh man, final thoughts. Uh, we covered a huge swath of stuff. Uh, so my final thoughts are this. If you haven't niched down, start there. Everything is based off of that. Okay, you can't eat the elephant all at once. So take it one bite at a time. The other thing, when you think about that niching down is your business is not a baby. Your business is a grapevine. You can't cut your baby in half, but your grapevine has to be trimmed mm -hmm. in order to produce as efficiently as it could. All right. Perfect. So don't feel bad about doing the niching down. You're actually doing yourself a service. I love it. I love it. Well, I really can't wait until we chat again. We're going to have so much fun when we do that. And so you know, stay tuned, folks. We will post that when we do that again later on this year. But until then, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely fascinating discussion with Eric Jensen. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>